We need to talk about Chris. Chris who? Chris Chibnall? Chibnall? Yeah. Chibi? Chibi. Actually, if you had a really big head. (laughs) Yeah. And like big eyes and like sparkles, maybe we wouldn't have to talk about him. Yeah, maybe he'd be just a magical Chibi. But yeah, maybe he he would be magical and therefore uh, better. A good writer. At what he's doing? Yeah. Oh, you said good writer. Okay. Yeah. I I wasn't saying that he's a bad writer necessarily, but... I we're five episodes into Doctor Who now, and yes. I, all the things that I sort of mentioned, sort of um, here's an extension, uh, you know, get this in, you know, in a week or whatever right. this assignment, and then you'll get your grade. The grade is coming into focus now. What is it? And it's not a good grade. What what letter grade do you give Doctor Who so well, far? Oh, you're gonna season? make me give a letter grade. C. C. Yeah. See me after class. As in Chris Chibnall. Okay. I just, I, I don't know what we're doing and I don't know where we're going. And I, I oh boy. All right. How it, do you talk about this? It Here's seems how. aimless. Yeah. It does seem aimless. And if this was the middle of a run, like the middle of a tenant run and the middle of Matt Smith's run, sure. we definitely got to lower places than we're at now in mm-hmm. those runs. Very but, true. But they all started really strong. Yeah. Uh, in the way that somebody who comes onto a thing has been a fan of it, has been a writer for a long time, and has a lot of ideas, comes out and nails it. That's what we've gotten out of everybody, even Capaldi to a degree. Although I think Capaldi all over, but definitely his first season was perhaps saddled by the baggage of previous continuity or sure. stories, but you know wasn't as strong. But this is just. Uh, this is just uh, Doctor Who, and I and it it saddens me to you know feel that way because I I well, want to be excited. About it. <laughs> I know that's what we're talking about. I I want to be excited about it. I want to you know be supportive of Jodie Whittaker. I I don't think she's a bad doctor. I just, I am supportive of her. Right. I just don't really. I'm I'm still not super clear as like what makes her doctor distinct you know from the other iterations of the doctor well you're going on your own thing because okay. i'm fine with her and with her doctor okay and with five episodes of course you don't know what her doctor is yet it's been five episodes that's true but why are the episodes so it's i hesitate to even apply the adjective bad to them because that it's so damning but why are they so uninspiring and unexciting and so yeah. just tread like this is just tread ground we've seen giant spiders before <laughs> but it's not even like giant spiders isn't even <laughs> the twist is there's no twist like right. they're not aliens right <laughs> it's, okay so they're just spiders they're just spiders that have been through radio so this is something goo. that has nothing to do with aliens but that yeah. was always the thing like what if one episode of star trek was just a bunch of people in the 20th century talking about politics or something like that right no it's supposed to be guys got you know white on one side of his face black on the other and then right. vice versa like it's a metaphor that's we're here where's the where's the sigh in the phi no i get where you're coming from definitely and i just feel like the scripts recently have been part of the reason that you say that you don't know jody whitaker's doctor is that i felt like she's got very little to do in these episodes like Pretty much every script up to this point in this last, in the 11th season, if the doctor hadn't been there, nothing would be any different. 
she interrupts yeah. a race between two people who are competing, competing, but also helping each other. Right. And if she hadn't been there, she they wouldn't have gone on the side trick that got them in danger that they did. Right. They probably would have just finished the race, or one or the other would have died, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, n- nothing, nothing really there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Oh, Rosa Parks. If they hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. The the space racist. <laughs> I know. Uh, came back to mess with stuff. So maybe that would have been a problem if they hadn't been there. But otherwise, it's basically just them conspiring to create the situation that already happened. Yeah, which making was sure the history a takes place. gets thrown, thrown off a bus. Yeah. Uh, I just, and they all seem calculated to. There's also this really lame political uh, commentary or, or um, sort of parallels uh, allegory that's there. I mean,. They've never done Rosa Parks, American civil rights icon. You know, we I think I can't remember if we talked on the show, but um, tough ground. Um, yes. Should I you would go there? Definitely agree with that. They did. And it was respectful and honestly, you know, was went fine. I mean, there wasn't it wasn't a disaster, really. Right. But you know, I question the space races. And then in the, in the spider one, it's like, oh, this guy's Trump. It's like, all right, well, Pretty what are much. you trying to say about that? I don't know. This is kind of Trump. Nothing really. He shoots the giant he saves mother the spider. He saves. Well, he doesn't save anything because if bullets can kill it, then anybody can kill it. Like, why is the doctor right. there? They get out. They eat some more people. They get out of the hotel. The uh, the British army or the territorial army or whatever shows up, kills the spiders. We're good. Right. Like, why? Why is the doctor there? Like, what's the point? I know. And you made a really good point too. Like, oh, good. They, I love those. Um, you know, they decided to usher all the spiders to the panic room. And then we uh, did have, I miss something in the they episode? They have no idea what, what happens happened to, to those them. spiders. I know. They just do they just die in the room? Or I something? don't know, because that's not clear to me. Like what happens to them? Yeah. And you're the one who brought that and up. And so all the things that we complained about before where we're like, well, that's coming back. Oh, this this kid that she saves from Toothface, he's yeah. important. We'll see him again. We've, right. I've been trained by Doctor Who. I don't think any of that stuff's coming back. No, I don't think I so I just either. think it's just loose ends and nobody goes up over the script at the end and goes, okay, but what about this? What about this? If we want to, and we know we're all sick of this at this point, thanks to Stephen Moffat, but do we want to let this be a runner that we'll return to? Right. Or do we want to insert something that's part of our meta plot that will, you know, Bad Wolf or whatever that we're going right. to come back to? There's been a... I hesitate to say refreshing lack of that. These are really standalone stories, but yeah, there's just, they just seem unconsidered to me. Yeah, they do. And sloppy. And they're, they're, they're definitely, you know, a monster of the week, which is fine. Vampires in Venice. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So it's, that's fine. I, I would like, you know, some follow through story to go through, with all the characters, especially, I mean, they made the, the I guess, bold choice to have three companion characters. Yeah. And they're not as well defined as I think they would be if it was just, like, one. And, like, you know, they I don't know that they've really sat through and thought those characters through as much as they possibly could have. Because, like... Well, we're getting a long, slow development with... Uh, Graham and um, yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Uh, with the whole you know thing with his grandmother, and we, I, it's not we're not magic. I mean, we correctly just foresaw that the um, 
Graham, the Gran. Yes. Uh, I can't remember her name now, but uh, the grandmother character would, yes. you know, return, or the actress would return. I think her name was Grace. Grace. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Um, but they're doing the <laughs> the most lazy thing where it's like I'm so sick of Sherlock killed this for me, but I'm so sick of like characters thinking about a character that is dead. Right. But like, oh, remembering what they would say. In this situation, they'd be like, well, Graham, you've got to pick up your socks or whatever. Right, right. But this is Doctor Who. I know. So you can't just show me a character who shouldn't be there, there in the world, because this is a sci-fi world where that character could be there or come right. back or something like that. Right. So I don't know. I don't mind them playing. It, you know, I don't mind the, the runner, you know, the sort of meta story being something that's more personal. Because maybe they will find a way to bring her back or save her, you know, from death or, or something like that. Rather than it being like, oh, my God, the crack is going to destroy the universe or, or whatever. Like, right. that's actually, uh, if that's what they're doing, I think that's cool. But who could know if that's what they're doing or not? I because know. at this point, you all the things that they, they, you know, put out there traditionally to say, hey, pay attention to this. Just don't come back. Like we just don't know. Yeah, and and it's a it's a little frustrating for a show that traditionally does do callbacks, like you said, to just not be doing that. Yeah, and I'm 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 happy with uh, Jodie Whittaker's performance. I just don't. I'm not thrilled about her characterization. You know, after a guy who's wears sunglasses and yeah. <laughs> plays a guitar on a tank, mm -hmm. you you do probably want to pull it back a little bit. But I don't like the fact that she's like, oh, she's kind of kind of pleasant, but a little bit dotty, you know. And it's like, you know, that just seems like science. Give her a pair of glasses and she's any female scientist character in anything. Right. And we made the Mrs. Frizzle joke like everybody did uh -huh. uh, a year ago or whatever. And she just seems like Mrs. Frizzle to me. That's Mrs. Yeah. Frizzle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, come along with me. You know, and what if yeah. She, yeah, I mean, what if she was... And maybe we've played everything out in the course of four doctors before her. But, you know, what if she was more sinister or what if she was, you know, meaner or what if she was uh, what if she was the, the, the complete other way through? And she was like, I'm totally nonviolent. I'm totally, you know, if you want to go Earth Mother, go Earth Mother all the way, you know, right. but it, it's just this sort of. I don't like guns, but you yeah, kind of paunchy, kind of like what is? Yeah, she didn't like guns, but I mean, the doctor never likes guns, so <sighs> I I know. And if you're Chris Chibnall, you're famous for you know a couple not very good Doctor Who scripts, and this show that was a huge hit for like a season, right? And definitely introduced you to the world, right? And um, it it really you know in a lot of ways. Um, I was going to say introduce David Tennant. That's not true, but kind of kept him going and showed that he could do other stuff. Yes. Broadchurch got him Kilgrave. Like, there's no question about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you now you're the showrunner. You're in charge of this. Mm -hmm. Maybe step back, have a supervisory creative role in guiding it. No, just write six scripts. Which is just like, Which I even mean, Stephen that's Moffitt a lot. You <laughs> would go, yeah, I guess. Right. Sometimes I'll do that, but other times I'll just let... Neil Gaiman, you know, right, or my buddy Mark Gatiss, or right. or whoever come in, and then I look at like you know who's writing. A lot of women directors. Is it all women directors? It's a lot of women directors. It's a lot of women directors. Yeah. But I look at who's writing it, and it's just Jim Lutton, Jim Lutton. It's like why? I I don't know, and I don't think there's a good reason for it either. I mean, he must have just decided. 
um, this is so important that I'm just going to take the reins as well as, you know, and I think we've seen thing. it just in re- in the revival of Doctor Who that when you do that, you get in trouble. That's yeah. how Moffat got in trouble. Yeah. Um, Davies, <laughs> looking back on it, you know, I liked uh, the reintroduction of Doctor Who like we all did. Yes. Uh, I think as Davies went on, I was like, all right, Davies, come on. But looking back, I think he probably has been the best modern Who showrunner so far. He kept the things on track. Successful. He let other people come in and do things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think Chibnall needs to let other people come in and do I things. I just hope. Like he said. Yeah. And you'd think, okay, so we have an off year. Big deal. Um, the strength of Whitaker in the main role and just, you know, people's enthusiasm will take us right. through. But now we hear that there's no Christmas special. I know, and which will, is upsetting to I me. I guess it'll be a New Year's special is what they're saying. Oh, so really? we'll get that instead. And the show, you know, I think we're used to long delays. Yes. But we thought, oh, we're getting back into this. It's going to come back next year. Now it's probably not going to come back until 2020. Yeah. And so on the heels of a lackluster, and the ratings have been great up to this point. Yeah. So people are people watching. People are watching. It. I guess it doesn't matter, but... I think people would watch more. You'd get a return if it's really good. And I don't know if we're there. You look at Netflix, you know, has canceled Iron Fist and Luke Cage or whatever. Right. And we're kind of puts all the rest of the Netflix Marvel shows on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Netflix doesn't tell anybody what their stats are. No. But we see reports now from these tracking streaming companies that both Iron Fist and Luke Cage lost like two-thirds of their audience from season one to season two. Which is huge. Yeah. Probably because the shows weren't any good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you I can know. like those characters, but I think you have to be honest about the fact that the shows aren't great. The writing was not very strong. Yeah. And yeah. so people disappear, and then now the shows are gone. And yeah. so I don't, I don't think that this is going to kill Doctor Who, but if you are a fan of having Doctor Who on your screen every Saturday, now Sunday, right? uh, it behooves us for it to be good. No, I agree with you. And so, I, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about Chris. Yeah. Forgot about Chris. Yeah, it's um, it's disconcerting. And it's. I wish he was a little less hands-on with everything. And um, I'd like to see some other writers in there. Um, and I'd, I'd like to learn more about our companions and what their strengths and stuff are yeah i mean we got to see yaz's family like last week right which and i like yaz but i think that she's the the worst right now like the weakest there's just no reason really for her to be there yeah there's really more of a ryan and graham have you know more of a connection and they've got a story going on and then we we meet raz's family in the long tradition of Let's meet a companion's family and maybe they'll have something to do with it going forward or we'll right. understand her a little better. And it's just nothing wrong with the family. It's just, yeah, we get it. Parents are a little absent minded. Uh, they don't necessarily take her seriously, but they love her. Right. And it's like, yep, yeah, seen that. That's just Clara. That's Rose. That's, we've just seen that over and over again. So. Yeah, no, it's true. Ah! <laughs> love the uh, opening sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, it does. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, um, I, somewhat, maybe right? we'll just keep checking in okay. as uh, the weeks go on until New Year's, I guess. But we'll just keep checking in with Doctor Who. All right. Sounds good. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm hoping. It, here's hoping it gets better. Here's hoping. Uh, here's hoping this show is good. It's the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And we're here to talk about 
like we just did, all of the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment and all the shows and things that you love from that world. Uh, we're yes. talking about a lot of news this week. I uh, mm-hmm. got some news sort of backed up, uh, stacked up in the news closet. So we'll be blowing a little bit of that out. Uh, and that'll be pretty much the entire show. Uh, but we do have a feature for the end of the show. Uh, we're talking about a comic that I've been reintroduced to recently. And so I wanted to have us take a little dive into it, especially because it's becoming a little more important because these characters are appearing on the Titans show on DC Universe. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember if it's true or not. Maybe I'll look it up while we're talking about something else, but they might be getting their own show. I believe they are. Uh, Supposedly February 2019. There you go. And so those characters that we're talking about are the Doom Patrol. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about them. We'll be talking about um, mostly their Silver Age uh, adventures Mm -hmm. and talking about the Silver Age in general and the crucible of ideas that it was that led to this world of entertainment we're experiencing now. Sure. Deep, man. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going well, Cal. Um, uh, still hasn't snowed yet, so pretty good as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, I know it's coming though, so got to get ready. Got to winterize everything. So. Um, for now. For now. Uh, someday in the future we won't. Yeah. Oh, you think? Winterizing will be staying alive uh, in the uh, crushing heat of um, our new world. (laughs) (laughs) Help us out with that, Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, boy. Climate control. Or not not control. Climate change. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. The climate control is the problem. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. um, So let's uh, just get right to it and do the news. Do you like bunnies? I do like bunnies. Do you like rabbits? I like rabbits. Do you like the Easter? What were the the ads? The Cadbury ads where the bunnies like, the, like a chicken? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> what what's going on with that? <laughs> I, I don't know because the it He's supposedly it's it's the Easter bunny is laying these chocolate eggs. Yes. supposedly. Yes. So yeah, somehow. Well, um, the good news uh, I guess is that Watership Down, uh, which is getting a uh, animated uh, four episode, whatever you want to call them, installment a- okay. animated um, series on Netflix, mm-hmm. is uh, really padding out its cast at this point. Okay. Um, Watership Down need to do anything with that? I'm not really familiar with Watership Ooh, Down. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a book by Richard Adams from the late 60s, early 70s, I believe. Okay. It's all about rabbits. You really don't know? No. Okay, well, that's fine. I really don't know. No no shame. I've Um, heard of it. Yes, it's a very thick book. (laughs) Sure. And it's basically about the lives of these rabbits. Um, They are rabbits, but it is kind of... And it's it's a little bit of metaphor, but it's basically just like taking like this society, this civilization of rabbits, and telling their story like it's, you know... Um, like a James Mishner book or something like that. You know, it's the trials and travails of these of these rabbits. Sure. And they talk. Okay. But sure. it's not like a human's like, oh my god, a talking rabbit. Like they talk <laughs> like to each other. But yeah, right. It's sort of their story. Okay. And it is not happy. Okay. It's not happy. Well, I mean, it's called Watership Down, so. Well, a down is just like a a feature, a geological. You know, oh, yeah. okay. But anyway, they right. don't like build a watership and then it goes down. <laughs> That's what I We're was going picturing. <laughs> but there was an animated one, uh, version of it like a while ago. Um, 
Okay. Also maybe in the late 70s. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, bunnies, I'm a kid. And you read it and you're like, oh, God, no. Oh, my gosh. This is terrifying. But, right. yeah, uh, there's a lot of stars in the cast. Uh, John Boyega, James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, Ben Kins- King- Kingsley, excuse me, uh, Gamma Arterton, Olivia Coleman, because, she, you know, she's in everything. <laughs> and uh, Peter Capaldi has recently joined the, the wow. uh, cast. Okay. That sounds uh, pretty good. Weird, weird part. Weird part. Sam Smith is doing the theme song. Sam Smith, who did like the Bond theme song? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. That is a strange turn. Yeah. All right. Good luck to him with that. I'm sure he'll make it epic, but. (laughs) Yeah. um, This watership's going down. (laughs) I know. I'm just picturing it in the style of a Bond theme. Rabbit just kind of hops across the thing. The gun, guns following it. What what's going on with that gun? The gun and Bond. You why can you see through? Because it's you. You think I bet you think right now that it's a gun sight. Yeah. But it's not. You're you. This is a BOV, a bullet point. Well, you need a P, I guess. A BPOV. Yeah. It's the bullet's point of view. Oh, that's because that's why there's rifling inside right. the barrel. Right. Then he shoots you or whatever it is and right. blood comes down i know did the guy's blood get inside of the barrel of the gun oh my God. it sounds incredible through the mechanism you know through the cha- yeah. in, into the chamber yeah and now this blood this bullet's covered in blood yeah this bullet didn't ask for this <laughs> he just wanted to kill 007 right um it's awfully complicated yeah i don't well, anyway an animation has nothing to do with rabbits no but, uh anyway yeah um we'll probably uh do a review of that show when it comes out all right uh guess what uh what? you're jj abrams right mm-hmm. you have a lot of money i sure do how much talent do you have <laughs> it's a mystery um uh, yes i would you agree with that one trick uh lens flares <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got two tricks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shooting in that anamorphic. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Abrams is re- reportedly, and this surprised me, he, reportedly he is looking to uh, seal a giant deal with some studio or provider or whatever. Like okay. he wants one of those deals that, I'm trying to think of other examples, but let's just say Guillermo del Toro would get with Netflix or whatever. Okay. Like make us three movies, you right. know, four shows and assorted, you know, merchandise and, and what yaya, whatever. Sure. And he's looking to do that. He's looking for a home, basically. Okay. You know, universal, bankroll me. And then right. me and all my people will create all this stuff for you. Okay. Which makes sense. My big surprise is he doesn't have that already. Is I he, guess he doesn't just a mercenary? Is he just Working for a check for Disney? I think he is. Yeah. Because yeah, I guess he's not doing The Mandalorian. He's not doing no. any of this other stuff. But uh-uh. as the guy that they brought on to um, write, direct, and executive produce uh, episode seven, yep. and then he definitely EP'd eight, I, I yep. thought that's what he was doing. I thought I, he was the new George Lucas. Yeah, me too. But he is now out pounding the pavement asking to be your George Lucas. Right. Which I mean when you're JJ Abrams, you're gonna somebody's gonna say yes. Yeah. But it's not a great look. It doesn't make you seem like JJ Abrams to be like right. anybody wanna I got a lot of boxes. Lot of boxes. <laughs> to be just shopping around your talent yeah. at, at this stage. Um, right. It just seems weird. 
Um, this is when, when you're you working go with exclusive. Disney. Yeah. yeah, this is when you are a um, a Justin Lin or whatever. You've directed a couple picks. Right. You're kind of getting up there, and then Bloomhouse or you know whoever you've been working or Universal. He's doing the car movies. You know, sure. says we've signed a deal with Justin Lin to develop a new you know original IP for a movie trilogy or, or whatever. Or right. you're bringing the Wheel of Time with you, or something like that. You know, right. so I'm going to oversee this. It's 16 books. We're going to turn it into a show, movies, and all this stuff. Well, he is a man in search of a franchise at this point, which is a weird place to be in. And I it feel doesn't. Like. Yeah, I wonder what it says for episode nine. Because yeah. he has said himself going in episode nine. Hey, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> which is like great. <laughs> Great. I didn't like Ryan Johnson and what he and what he decided to do. Right. But at least it was something of a plan. Even he though had it wasn't an really idea. Yeah, he had an idea. Yeah. And Abrams like, you know, lens flares. Yeah. That doesn't fill me with confidence. <laughs> the fact that he's never finished anything. Yeah. Because, you know, he starts lost. He starts right. uh, this. He starts that. Uh he loves the box, but he doesn't want to open the box. And episode nine is gonna be you gotta open that box. Yeah, I think so. The box is gonna have to open. Yeah. And it's going to be Ewoks. <laughs> Shiny, flary, lens flary Ewoks. Ewoks. Their eyes, their teeth. Oh, my god. The gosh. tips of their spears. Oh. Shining. I still wonder how they're going to have Leia in it. Like, what they're going to do. Mm. Yeah, I know. Good I know. Luck. Good luck. Yep. No clue. Yep. How do you take whatever you cut out of eight and then write a storyline around it? Right, exactly. nine. Exactly. She died. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Just do that. Suddenly. O- open with General Organa's funeral. You know what I mean? Big yeah. statue of her. Everybody's lined up, you know, give him, give him, chew the medal or whatever, like that scene. And they're like, what do we do now? We feel right. a lot. There's 12 of us in the <laughs> in the resistance or whatever. Right. Uh, we just had to bury Leia, died of natural causes or grief. Because, right. you know, she a learns that heart. her you know, brother has died or whatever. You yeah. just move on from there. Well, and I kind of blame them, too. Like, like, why did they have to kill Luke off, you know, they, if they could have had Luke in episode nine? Ask Ryan Johnson. I, I know. Ask Ryan Johnson. I know. Well, uh, we talked last week about George Miller's new project. It's called 3,000 Years of Longing. Yes. Nobody really knows what, what it about. is. No. Uh, but it is... Um, Coming into shape now, or it's coming into focus. Uh, it's going to star uh, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Okay, I like the cast. Uh, he has. Um, it's there. I think they're still working out. You know who's going to distribute it. I don't think it has a deal just yet. Okay. And we also know that it's going to be very epic in scope, and it involves a genie somehow. Oh boy! It's going to be a fantasy romance. Okay. Well, I mean, his stories are broad and sweeping, so epic makes sense to me, uh, but a romance? All right. I guess Does I anyone? Yeah. I guess if you only do a couple films, yeah. then, you know, if they're not just sequels of each other, uh, it's going right. to be eclectic. But does he have the most eclectic <laughs> of any block? Uh, well, he's a blockbuster director of any director at his level. Ang Lee, he might was real big for a Ang while, and he's very and some diverse. of his movies have done very well. Yeah, but it's almost like he's just filling out a bingo card where he's trying to hit say. everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, George Miller has done animation. He's done talking animals. <laughs> you know, he's done uh, diesel car movies, and now he wants right. to make a fantasy romance. Yeah, 
Sounds like he's kind of going for a bingo card himself. I guess so. so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it could be good. I want to see a documentary about his life. I think that would be interesting. Because as a guy who has not made a lot of films, he's been doing other stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's I been... So. Yeah. So I want to know what he's been up to. I want to hear about... Because he was an ambulance driver or something like that, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's where, you know, in the original Mad Max, they that's kind of where he got the idea from because he was, he'd be a guy that would go out and scrape people off the road, you know, after like wrecks and stuff like right. that. And so he was like, there's a story here. What if there was a right. cop? And you have those scenes that are in the hospital, you know, in, uh, in Mad Max. And right. so that's kind of where he got all that from. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. Happy feet. I don't know. <laughs> um, Bohemian Rhapsody is out this yes, weekend it is. and it's done pretty good. Okay. Uh, it's made about $50 million all right. domestically. Yeah. That's not bad. Yes. Um, Although it opened on 4,000 screens. That doesn't seem like a lot for some reason. That's a lot. Is that a lot? Yeah. Oh. Like Star Wars opened on 4,000 screens. Oh, okay. That's a huge amount of screens. Okay. Never mind. Um, All right. Well, I think they were definitely being optimistic about this film, and they had high hopes for it, I think. Um, Rabbi Malik, like... He, um, from what I've seen, has done a pretty good job um, portraying, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, I've heard that the it's not quite as autobiographic in some ways as it could have been yeah which we predicted yeah uh so it's a little bit rose-colored glasses i think um right well mirror queen yeah mirror mirror shades yeah um (laughs) yeah um it's not doing great with the critics uh it's a 60 percent on rotten tomatoes uh i think in the 40s on metacritic okay so it is not uh, it's not a critical hit, but it's an A cinema score. Okay. So this is one of those situations where a bad movie, quote unquote, like Venom, gets right. Venom, Venom, Venom gets savaged by critics, and then audiences are like, "Talk about it. This movie's awesome. It's on." Yeah. yeah. And we're like, audiences, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. And then Bohemian Rhapsody, people love it, also, and the critics don't seem to like it. And I guarantee people will be like. What's wrong with criticism these days? Critics right. are too far up their own asses. Right. It's like, why not? Every movie really kind of exists in a vacuum, even though it doesn't. Uh huh. It's just presented. Watch this. How'd you feel? Right. Maybe you had to poop the entire time. <laughs> and so you don't feel, but it all averages out, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, let's give leave critics alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a vested interest in this, uh, but come on, leave critics alone. Right. Critics don't like it. Fine. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy it if you like That's it. True. Great. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, it's pretty much exactly what we said. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not very good, but people seem to really like it. Fifty million dollars is not bad. Um, I I think it'll have legs. Okay. Because I think word of mouth is going to spread. Sure. And I think it'll probably do okay. Awards? I'd, I don't I'd, know. I'd like to see. I think it. Um, Rami Malek is going to get a best actor nom for this. Well, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, but I wish it was better. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the movie was better. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh, just a fascinating story, uh, those guys. Uh, hey, guess what? What? The uh, BBC News has released the next four titles 
for the next four Avatar films. Oh, Lord. Four more Avatar films. Yes. James Cameron, what are you doing? And it's it's real. I know. It's real! I know it's real. I mean, these are like half shot. Like, we're going to get these. And they might not, they might go direct to video. (laughs) Or maybe James Cameron will pivot and... Like J.J. Abrams, he will cut some kind of deal, you know, where like Amazon Prime is proud to bring you the Avatar series. Right. But these will come out. These are real. Oh, my goodness. Here are the titles. Okay. uh, In order, two through four. Avatar. I won't say Avatar every time. Okay. Uh, The Way of Water. Okay. The Seed Bearer. Okay. The Tulkun Rider. And The Quest for Awa. Wow. No, Awa. Um, okay. I just... Not great. When was the last one? When did the last one come out? The first one? 2000 and blah. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Been a while, though. Yeah. 13? Earlier. It's been a while. Um, it could have been 13. I don't know. Um, but okay. All right. I'm not super excited about this, but it's going to happen anyways. 2009. 2009. Wow. We're, first of all, we were just in a dream. Yeah. A dream of Avatar, yeah, of Pandora. I know. I know. It just seems like it was so recent. 2009. It's a long time ago. Um, I remember the big deal of it being in 3D. Um, the, <laughs> thanks for your adding <laughs> things. Uh, the key to comedy, specificity. The key to sequel titles. Yeah. The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Tuklu, Yeah. Tolkien. That might be real important, but that doesn't need to be in the in the title. No, it doesn't. Judgment Day. Yeah. That's a good sequel title. Right. So much so that it's sort of a joke now. It's like Paul Blart Two, Judgment Day, or right. You know, or like Armageddon Two, Armageddon. That's a bad bad title. But yeah, like I think he's trying to go look I, I thought a lot i wrote a lot i thought about this guys check this out and it's like fine right. but first of all we don't need to know the titles who cares no and second of all no these are no <laughs> too way too far in yeah these are like uh fanfic yeah titles yeah yeah they're uh, a little too specific um that's all you got yeah that's all i got great <laughs> Thanks for the warning. All right. Uh, it looks like uh, Andy Muschietti, Mush- okay. the guy that uh, you may know, probably not, I guess, uh, that directed It. Oh, okay. Uh, will be directing a movie version, another one, of The Time Machine. Okay. I'm not familiar with The Time Machine. Um. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a chance. Oh, H.G. Wells. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> But I, I, I haven't read it. Um, That's fine. So You should. Okay. It's very short. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. So anyway, he's doing that. Um, this is off the heels of uh, what we reported a couple weeks ago, that he's also directing an Attack on Titan movie. So this is the point wow. in his career where he goes, just start saying yes, just yeah. say yes, say yes. All these projects. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to give this one. Corey Fukunaga let me have this one. And right. And so I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to run off of this. <laughs> Um, and to be fair, uh, you know, he took it, which is like, why would you remake it? They did it. Uh, and people were very pleased with it. Um, you know, critics were also thumbs up. So mm-hmm. he's rightfully earned, you know, some some cachet and some credit here. Right. And he's he's running with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so all he has him. to do is 
Well, first of all, can you deliver an Attack on Titan movie that won't disappoint everyone greatly? Well, yeah. I mean, he's apparently the guy because yeah. he did it with it. Right. With the help of Corey and other people. But, yeah. uh, and so The Time Machine, another property that has not really topped its... Um, the, the was it Disney? Whatever the, the one Probably. that they did back in the sixties, yeah, um, or time after time, yeah, uh, with uh, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, um, the guy Pierce one, not good. No. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to him. Sounds like he's got his work cut out for him. Okay. I've got my work cut out for me. Yeah. Finding a story that you can comment on. Oh. So uh, what about this? Uh, it looks like Ewan McGregor will be joining the Birds of Prey film as the villain Black Mask. Okay. I mean, I like Ewan McGregor a lot, so... Um, why have a male villain, though? Like, if you want to go all... ladies are doing it for themselves. All right. And what but... they're doing is taking down the patriarchy. Okay, but... That wears a mask. All right. But why not have a female villain... Catwoman. Oh. That's why. I guess that's that's all you got to work with. You're, you're a crazy cat lady who loves playing basketball. And who are you fighting? <laughs> you're fighting the CEO of a cosmetics company. Oh, my gosh. So you want that? No. That's some that's some gem shit right there, no, right? No, I don't, I don't yeah. want Maybe that. let's do this. Okay. Problem is, is that I like Black Mask, but I like him more as a concept than how he's ever been written. Like, okay. I don't think he's written all that well. He's basically the perfect Batman villain in that he is the merger of, I don't know, Two-Face gets all crazy with his big pennies or whatever, and I know that's right. a penny plunderer, but um, he's the perfect merger of just real enough. He's the kind of villain that if they had done a fourth Nolan movie, you could see it being him. Okay, sure. He's like a crime boss, but... He also wears a mask for some reason. Sure. I think at some point his face gets effed up, so he wears a mask. Okay. And so it's like, that's kind of, why would you do that? But also he's not, he doesn't have lasers or giant acid spitting flowers. Like he's a believable right. villain with an extra touch of um, unbelievability. So why, uh, I wish they weren't wasting him on a Birds of Prey. It's not wasting though. <laughs> but if you're Birds of Prey and you got a giant hammer and you're hitting people over the head and yeah, yeah you should have a more fantastical villain yeah know? who that is i don't know right orca uh and then also <laughs> i'm kind of sick of ewan mcgregor <laughs> oh really like i don't think that he's a bad actor in fact i would say he is a good actor but he's maybe i'm basing this all off of life less ordinary but i feel like when he's asked to act to overact it's too much yeah i can see that and black mask has been written so many different ways that i don't think that there is a um a real um, solid bedrock of his characterization. Okay. So we're going to get Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face, I think. He's going to go, oh, it's a comic book movie, right? So he's like, ah, I'm Black Mask. Rah, rah, right, rah. right. It's going to be nuts and, uh, yeah. It's okay. Not great. Not great. No. All right. What about a Lady Shiva? She's the bad guy. Well, she's not really a mastermind. Lady Shiva's in it. What about Italia Al Ghul? That'd be good. With Lady Shiva... At her right hand, yeah. fighting the uh, the birds of prey. I think that sounds interesting to me. No, yeah. no cosmetic CEO here. That's right. Forget that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, we fixed it, but yep. they can't hear us, so that's no. not going to be a thing. No. Uh, it looks like the Game of Thrones prequel is off and running. Okay. Uh, we um, did we talk about how? No, I guess we didn't. So this is I'm announcing this now. Uh, Na Naomi Watts has been cast. 
I heard that. In the show? Yeah. And also uh, actor Josh Whitehouse has been uh, cast as one of the leads. Okay. All right. Um, I think Naomi Watts is an interesting choice. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I've really seen her in anything really historic, even if it's like, you know, made up fiction or what She's have you. She's done historic stuff. Oh, has she? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Mosquito Coast. Nope, that's Harrison Ford. What's the one where she's with uh, uh, Edward Norton and they're... Oh, boy. I have so no it's idea. a sort of crinoline era type I, I, thing? I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> she never wore fur. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tank Girls the Future? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, kind of. So I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about the characters. Uh, they'll just be leads. And she seems to me to be up the uh, Lena Headey alley. Okay, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what um, you're saying. Because this is c- the kind of role where when you're an older actress in Hollywood, you're like, oh, thank God for this guy with the suspenders <laughs> and the flat cap. You know, I'm going to work. Right. Uh, my Big Little Lies audition didn't go well, but right. oh, thank God. So, yeah, okay. I think um, that, that should be good, though. That or like, <laughs> oh, David Lynch is calling again. <laughs> Hello? Oh my gosh. Naomi, is that you? I know. Uh, he can re- he can hear fine in real life. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention before we left the Birds of Prey area, uh, director Kathy Yan has confirmed that the movie will be R-rated. Oh, okay. Also, I think a bad idea. I don't know I don't why they're doing that. I it needs to be. No, nope, I don't understand that at all. But there you go. And she has confirmed that Cassandra Kane will be in the film. Okay. That's our Batgirl. That's my Batgirl. Yeah, but I mean, oh, probably. Ruin it. Oh, it don't ruin it. Absolutely. Uh, She'll sing or something like oh, that. Okay. <laughs> All right. It'll be terrible. All right. I, if you say so. As our resident girl. <laughs> yes. And we don't have to check. We did that last week. Stop it. Uh, your opinion on Birds of Prey. Go. Um, Editorialize Birds I, of Prey. Well, I don't. Not super familiar with it, but it seems like it's just an excuse for um, girls to get together and fight together, which, you know, I'm I'm fine with. Um, Gail Simone's online, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is that Gail? Oh, oh, my gosh. I think it would be more interesting if, like, Oracle isn't in it, is she? She'll have to be. I'm assuming she will okay. be because I haven't looked at the casting list recently. Maybe they've cast her, but if they're going to have a later Batgirl, yeah. then Barbara's going to be Oracle. Yeah, because I, I can't see it without Oracle because I think she's a real integral part of the team. Yeah, she's founded the team. Yeah. Um, How do you do it without Black Canary? Who I'm just guessing has her own movie somewhere in the works. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I feel like they. Who's gonna be in it again? It's gonna be Huntress, uh, Harley Quinn, and who else? Why do this to me? I'm sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. And if and if you're and they have I don't know if they've said this or not, but if you're the girl who played Katana and we've all forgotten her already. Yeah, I know. If you're that girl, you're like. Hello. Give me a call. David, I have to go. I'm I'm waiting for a call from Warner Brothers to tell right. me I'm going to be in Birds of Prey. Right. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Why not? Even if you're back? Cara Delevingne, you're like, I could do my little dance. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good guy now. <laughs> good sorceress. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have 
you're really lacking in female characters, uh-huh. so it'd be real easy to jam them all into this film. No, I agree. And with probably you. a good idea. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, uh, I think they're going to run into the problem that you always have, which is multiple competing projects, and it's not really a rights thing. It's more of a, how do we have this person and that? And they've solved the problem. You have a guy who's the same height as Ben Affleck put on a Batman costume. Batman's in your movie. I don't know why they can't do this with other things. And it looks like um, Marvel's going to have to deal with this as well. Okay. Because in addition to the... Loki slash and or Scarlet Witch show. Yeah. A Falcon Winter Soldier limited series is in the works for Disney's streaming service. Oh, I think I heard about this. Yes. Um, that'd be, be written, pretty awesome. Yeah. It'll be written uh, by uh, sp- uh, a guy that worked on um, the show Empire. Okay. Malcolm, Malcolm Spellman. Okay. All right. I've heard of Empire. Supposedly it's good. So no. I, people like it. But it's not good. Let's be clear. We do this uh, is from okay. the beginning of the show. All right. Um all right. Well, I I hope it's good. I hope they use the two leads from it. Like cause So one know. guy's already on a streaming show. No, you're right. And I feel like Sebastian Stan, who was in a multiple Oscar nominated and one winning film last year. Yeah. I don't think he's ready for TV just yet. But if we get some kind of thing where it's like, you guys own my soul. I've got eight films left on this contract. If we can trade like four films for a season or two of this show, right? Like I'll do it. Right. I could see. I could see that happening. But. Because he's booked solid. And if we do a thing where you know, as I think we all assume that Chris Evans is hanging it up after this, right? We go on and do like Bucky Cap or something like that. Yeah. Then you know. Why not star in your own trilogy of Captain America movies that are going to make a shit ton of money? But right. since, you know, the whole the old gang's graduating. I know. And it's just going to be you. I so know. do you want to write out the next seven, eight films on your contract like this? Right. Um, I just think, I mean, uh, like DC has made it very distinct between the TV and their films. And Marvel hasn't done that yet. And I just think it would be... I don't know. It would be kind of like a tricky transition, I feel like. I mean, maybe not horrible, but I mean, Bucky and Winter Soldier, I mean, mean, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, like, they have had this really kind of fun back and forth, not really getting along with each other sort of thing so far. Right. and I think it would be interesting to kind of follow that into a TV show and like see how they would kind of transform that. And um, ever would... have a friend who is not really a friend because you're both friends with one friend? Yes. Then that one friend moves away, and you and that friend don't really hang out anymore. Uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. Are they just going to get together and just moon about Cap for two seasons? Oh boy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Won't he hang over not. the whole thing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope not. I hope they don't moon over him because that would be just kind of depressing. I'm glad that we're not watch. dead anymore. Right. Uh, but at the same time, our friend is. Right. And is this what Cap would want? You're not using the shield, right? Maybe they'll do like you'll get it for a while, then I'll put the goggles on and I'll be Captain America right. for a while. Right. Right. Actually, want to see this? That would that would be. I'd watch those two guys, you know, play badminton. Like I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah. 
I, I think it would be difficult to recast it. Uh, it would be challenging. I but think. at the same time, yeah. and I've said this before, I think on air, do it. Yeah. Don't do this. You know, d- the one thing that DC has done right, and we're going to talk about what they haven't done right later, mm-hmm. is they just they just doing it. They're just casting stuff. Yeah. Batman just cast a bat. Well, that's the one holdout I think so far. Yeah. But uh, like su- Supergirl. Yeah. Superman done. Can we have Superman? We can? Okay. Superman's on our show. Now it's a Supergirl slash Superman show. Right. All the people who already like it, a lot of women, aren't complaining about how, like, it's supposed to be a Supergirl show. You know, you have him on. You use him well. He's a very important person in her life because yes. he's sort of her hero and, you know, paragon. Yeah. And sponsor. And so works out fine. And you don't worry about the fact that the one guy's playing The Witcher now or whatever. Right. You just cast him. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um they <laughs> sometimes it works negatively in the other direction because you got Ezra Miller's like guys anytime anytime you want to make this movie I'm ready to do it right and in the meantime Grant Gustin is still tearing it up as the Flash on TV like yeah. he is the Flash to people yes so yeah I mean that's a problem but just do it yeah if you want to make this show start casting looking for a guy that can play Loki looking for a girl that can play Scarlet Witch looking for right. a Winter Soldier or whatever right. That's what I say. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe cast some unknowns. Yeah. Um, give them a chance. Yeah. yeah. And um, where's where are we at vis-a-vis Jeff Loeb on this? Is Jeff I Loeb in charge of these? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> because I was just thinking, the whole the big question that this opens up is, what is this going to look like? Like, if you're Netflix and you're doing 50% basically... I, well, boy, I read this really weird article about Netflix's culture, which is not great. But oh boy. The, basically, they like 50 So they want to do 50% original content on their service. And I'd say probably 50% of that, so a quarter of their content, is um, stuff that they just buy. So uh-huh. you've made a show and you need the distribution. It's probably a foreign show. And we bought it. Right. And, you know, 50% or 25%. Um, them just you know making new stuff mm-hmm. and creatively i don't know if there is a netflix bob that's like here's what we're gonna do or if they're just kind of you know like a studio sending people to the set going mm, could she be a blonde you know that sort of thing right disney it's all under it's all vertical it's all under one roof mm-hmm. but shield not not, not great no. <laughs> you know, like a lot of their mm-hmm. shows are not as good as their films right. but now it's under their roof so does Kevin Feige come and go, she should be blonde? Like, is he going to be charged o- overseeing That's a really these? good question. Or is it Jeff Loeb, who is head of Marvel TV? Like, is he in charge of it? And like, how does this work? Yeah. Because if you've got that, if you've got... So the reason I bring up Netflix is Netflix is very successful, but I think we all agree a lot of their stuff is crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not great, with some exceptions. Can Disney make their streaming service seem like a prestige offering so that we watch these Marvel movies and we joke about how they're a a 300-hour-long TV show or whatever. Right. Can they make their Marvel offerings and the, all of their offerings on their streaming service seem like something that you would want to do? Yeah. Seem like Disney's HBO so that you've got Nicole Kidman coming around being like, oh, yeah, I'll be in your show, fine. Right. Then there would be no problem for those guys to step off of the movie carousel for a little bit and get on the TV tilt a world. Right. No, you're absolutely right. We got carnival there for a second. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But we'll definitely be here uh, letting you know when it happens. Yeah. Uh, one more story. Uh, you like Prince? I do like Prince. I like Prince, too. Well, uh, Ava DuVernay is working on a Prince documentary for the aforementioned Netflix. Okay. Little concerned about that. Why so? Um, well, A Wrinkle in Time did not do super well. And if it's a Netflix documentary, I'm just a little concerned that they're going to get their, you know, pie fingers all up in all up in there. And I think that at this point, she is more a documentary filmmaker than she is a um, fiction filmmaker. Oh, really? Yeah. She got her start. Um, This is this is this is this is the life or something like that. It's like she's got her start, like making a documentary about the hip-hop scene okay um she's working well she did a 13th was for netflix and she um got an oscar for that or she was nominated uh she's working on a central park five documentary for netflix like wrinkle in time is the anomaly that's the wrinkle if you will all right she is a documentarian and i mean selma historical drama that's true uh, both documentary elements yeah so that's kind of her thing okay well, maybe it'll be and good. And here comes the Inhumans or the Immortals or what's she doing? She, the Eternals. The Eternals. Yeah, I think so. No. No, she's doing the New Gods. Oh, the New Gods. That's right. Um, what do you want to see in a Prince documentary while I look up what um, she's doing? I want to <laughs> see um, the real Prince. Um, all his weirdness. I want to... I want as much truth as possible about his baby that was like super weird. So here's, like, um, I got to pause. I, I was almost there. I'm pretty sure it's the Eternals, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to get that. You don't think so? His family is on board for this. Okay. So, so his family and his estate are not going to let that. Uh, not going to let that happen. Don't you think? You no, know, you're probably right. Um, new gods. So, new gods. Oh, new gods. All right. Um. All right. Well, I guess I'd just Which, like... I, I, sorry to interrupt, but... Go ahead. It remains to be seen if that continues. Yeah. I think the people who make these decisions saw a bunch of kids riding on a, a leaf witherspoon, <laughs> you know, in a, in, a, in a hundred foot Oprah, and we're like, yeah. let's do it. Right. And then that movie made no money at all, and they're like, oh boy. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. So we'll see. I know. Well... I guess I'd like as truthful as possible a documentary on Prince. Like, you know, I want to know the real story as much as possible. You want the uh, here? Okay, that's good. Yeah, I I think it'll be slick. Mm-hmm. Um, for saying all the things that I said about her being a documentarian, I think I've only seen Thirteenth. I am looking forward to the Central Park Five one. Thirteenth um, was fine. It. I don't like my documentaries too slick. I like okay. a more thin blue line, you know, than mm-hmm. um, insert slick documentary here. Sure. Than a documentary about Jefferson Airplane. Grace Slick. That was a joke there. <laughs> uh, it was very digestible. Okay. You know, less Ken Burns, lots of yeah. Tom Hanks reading old letters. Okay. And more like, and here's a quote. And there's animation, you know, of things. And then it's going to slide into this guy talking about, like, you know, cultural professor guy. You know, sure. Political theorist or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, it's, it's a lot of meatloaf and airplane okay. coming in the mouth. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, you got to get people to digest this stuff, literally. Um so I don't know. I think it'll be slick, and I think she's got 
plenty of music to pull from. <laughs> yeah, plenty she of clips. does. Yeah. But I want the Legs McNeil oral history one. You know, I want him to go talk to Wendy Melvin and talk to, you know, Lisa Lisa. Because a lot of these people are around right. still. You yeah. know what I mean? No, that's very talk true. Talk to, um, this guy did First Avenue is still alive. Can't remember. Anyway, I can't remember. Talk to those people. Get it. Talk to the people in the scene. You know, yeah. uh, and and the time, the scene, and the time. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, talk to all these people. You know, and get us the oral history. And then, yeah, you know, be like, yeah, Jehovah's Witness was a little weird. Have a little five-minute segment where you talk about Jehovah's Witness or some people that some some right into that for a long time but because if you did like a dylan documentary you're not gonna skip slow train coming no, no you're gonna you're do all that stuff yeah exactly i don't think we're gonna get that <sighs> okay well i'd like as much of it as possible you know but dig into the um the um archival you know type stuff oh yeah um like his archival music and stuff yeah no, but I mean, like, you know, interviews and stuff like oh, that. Because, okay, I mean, you sure. could just go, hey, uh, Morris Day, I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about yeah. this. Uh-huh. And at this point, now that he's gone, you know, the axes are all buried. And so it'll be just generally positive anyway. Yeah, you're right. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, but then again, like, a lot of people, have, you know, are not around anymore to say things. No, you're right. So, you know, we've lost vanity a couple of years ago. and Yeah, I remember that. <sighs> so yeah. just, you know, get what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds good. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. Great. <laughs> Favorite print song. <laughs> How do we get out of this? Um, probably Purple Rain. <laughs> mm, hard to pick. It is hard to pick. You're going to go Purple Rain. I am. I'm going to go. Because it makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's my favorite song. It makes me cry all the time. <laughs> I. Uh, that's why I like I Will Always Love You. <laughs> Dolly Parton, not Wendy Houston. No, I don't know. Um, it changes daily. Okay. For me, let's go uh, MPG on this one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, get off. <laughs> right? Okay. I'm always singing that. Yeah, sure. Get off. <laughs> yeah, you are. And you'll hear it right now. My favorite print song is the overtly sexual one with the double entendre, and it's also got some numbers in the title. That's <laughs> that's my favorite. That's what I should have said. Uh, let's talk about this new comic. It's new. Have you heard about it? It's new. It's this great. Oh, it's 1963, by the way. This is this great <laughs> new thing. Uh, it's about a bunch of people who are outcasts from society with strange powers, and they're led by a genius in a wheelchair, and it's called The Doom Patrol. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> That's Record not, scratch. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, and we only have records. So <laughs> <laughs> Record scratch never became CD skip. I guess it's less <laughs> audiogenic. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's more like, like what? 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst. Ever go jogging with a disc man? Forget about it. <laughs> no, uh, the, the Doom Patrol is what we're talking about today. Uh, yes. Created by Arnold Drake. 
And it was. It was created by Arnold Drake. Yes. Uh, talk about Arnold Drake a little more in a bit. But along with Bob Haney and also uh, artists uh, Bruno Premiani and Bob Brown helped out as well. Mm-hmm. It was created before the X-Men. It debuted yes. before the X-Men. It deba- yes. debuted in like April or June. So early summer of 1963. And of yeah. course, the X-Men changed the world in September of 63. Yeah. So definitely out before that. Yeah. Uh, Drake would go on to create Dead Man for DC. Um, he also uh, created, um, he wrote X-Men for a while. Not not a long time, okay. um, but in the early sort of days and created um, like Havoc and uh, Polaris. Okay. Um, with, artists like Don Heck and stuff like that. All so right. this is all that sort of late Silver Age uh, type stuff. And a prolific, you know, creator. Um, he also worked on a lot of um, GI combat and stuff like that. He kind of bounced around a lot. Okay. And he was very outspoken. Yeah. He was one of those guys who, and I am behind him 100%. But if you're the guy that creates Doom Patrol, which does okay for a while and then gets canceled in the early 70s because yeah. it wasn't doing okay anymore. Right. And... Over across the street, yes. <laughs> down uh, down Fifth Avenue, Excelsior! You'd be like, "Hey, creators' rights are super important. Right? <laughs> when you create something, uh, you should get credit for it. Right? And so he uh, was a you know he was a real proponent of creators' rights. Yeah. Um, ironically, uh, tried to uh, downplay Bob Haney's uh, <laughs> work in oh, helping no. him create Negative Man for years. Uh, so not a big fan of irony, but a big fan of creators' rights. Right. And for a long time, you know, he would maintain uh, in interviews and at conventions that, like, you know, Stan Lee stole Doom Patrol uh, yes. from him to make right. X-Men. Right. But as he, uh, he's died in uh, 2007, but as he reached the later part of his life, he was more... Uh, magnanimous about it yes. saying basically as we're all we all knew each other we were all jumping back and forth working for different companies it's a yes. whole stew that you kind of get creative ideas out of you know and um it's what are you gonna do we could have had the same idea at the same time exactly like yeah we have a villain who's can stretch and stretch her body and like right. meanwhile in 1962 there's this family of uh, superheroes same right. thing and so we're all cross-pollinating all the time. Right. Easy for him to say after being kind of jerked about it for 30 years. But. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I'm I, on his side, though. Yeah. Because he did create something very strange and wonderful, uh, especially for the time period. Mm-hmm. In the same, all the adjectives that are always heaped upon the X-Men are never or rarely heaped upon Doom Patrol. And I'm just sort of realizing like how tragic that is. Yeah, I just kind of. I've always been aware of them, mostly kind of like Doctor Strange, like as a side character. Oh, yeah, that's another character that's in this universe. Right. Um, But I never really dug into uh, the real continuity uh, and comics of Doom Patrol until now. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're doing today. Yeah. Uh, What what happens in Doom Patrol? And it isn't even Doom Patrol. What happens, Mika, in My Greatest Adventure? (laughs) Well, um, they fight against um people like oh god what is the guy's name general immortus i yes. think is his name you stole king from me yeah all right that's my last bit for that um and he was kind of like the big bad guy for them because he's like an enemy of the chiefs yeah and uh who wait, is, wait, so what was okay who is the chief the chief is the guy in the wheelchair he's a genius um, the guy in the wheelchair. I'm sorry. Maybe Niles Calder. Maybe yeah, that's Niles what you were Calder. For. He's a genius. He happens to be in a wheelchair, 
We and he's kind of mysterious. We don't really know a whole lot about him. He's super mysterious. Um, he's more mysterious in some ways than our other heroes. Yeah. Because they come to him and like he's invited them and he knows all their background. Yeah. Um. So he knows like their secret. It's not really a secret. Like, yeah. We meet them all. Yeah. And they don't have secret identities. No, they don't. Um, we meet them all in the first issue. Yeah. And they're at this point in time. This will change later. But at this point in time, there are three members of the Doom Patrol. That's right. Um, a name given to them by the newspapers. Right. They didn't have a name for their little group. That's right. Uh, and it's three people. It's uh, Robot Man. Yep. Who was originally called Automaton. Right. Uh, who is Cliff Steele. Right. He's a daredevil race car driver and basically like, you know, raconteur who's in a fatal accident Mm -hmm. or near fatal accident. His body is destroyed and his brain is still alive, though. Yes. And I like how when he's you see in the hospital, like the doctors are like, his brain is fine, but his body is destroyed. That's. You're leading a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you are coming out of uh, 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 anesth- anesthesia, anesthetic. Anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> this is tripping up the show, but I need it for my edif- edification. What do you call it? The, the state of being anesthetized. I, I, you're coming out of I, anesthesia. Yeah. And you hear your doctor say, well, his brain is fine, but his body is like, right. you're not immediately like, well, roll that robot body in here. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah. And so he's placed into a robot body. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this is that he goes back to his life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Normally you would have, well, in this, in the Silver Age, you'd have a lot of um, either like first issue origin, that makes sense, or you'd have a hero already fully formed and then we see how they become that. Right. Whereas the new thing now is the Titan show. We meet Dick Grayson. Right. He used to be Robin. Now he's a detective. Right. But he's going to meet this lady who you know is an alien but lost her memory or whatever right. or this little girl who's got goop coming out of her hey. and we are seeing the formation of the, let's why blow a whole season without doing an origin story right this is like forget that here's your origins and let's just yeah. get to work right exactly because we got little eight-year-olds here who just yeah. can't follow all this stuff <laughs> but anyway i like the fact that like this happens to him and this mysterious person operates on him. Spoiler, we learn later it's the chief. The chief yeah, does it. Exactly. He's like, that's why I thought he was so short. Because he was in a wheelchair. wheelchair. <laughs> they, they let my bed down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to his level. But he goes back to like his job. <laughs> like he never asks any questions. Like right. the doctor just goes, well, I guess you're fine. And then he goes back and he's like, I'm going to extreme ski. <laughs> but people are like, huh. I don't want to extreme ski against a robot. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. They were they were racist against a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, machinist machinist that's Kristen Bale uh, uh, yeah and so that's Cliff Steele uh, a fortuitous uh, name that he's got although I'd yeah. argue that it's probably a performing name probably and that's a pretty macho badass name to have even before your body is replaced with <laughs> that of a robot yeah yeah and I'd argue that he says several times that his body's made out of titanium so right I mean if he was Cliff Titanium that'd, that'd be really on the nose <laughs> <laughs> or the yes. uh, robot prosthesis right. uh, that can sense smell. Uh, yeah, so w- what's Cliff like? Um, Cliff is pretty um, uh, no-nonsense, and he's like, well, my brain is insulated, so if I carry this electric shock, it should be fine. Yeah. Um, he, he puts himself in compromising positions quite a bit. It's the Wolverine thing. Yeah. He's got the body that can be replaced, and so right. therefore he's always getting broken. Right. And there, there's one adventure they go on, 
And Elastigirl is like, don't get too close to it. You, you are going to like melt. And he's like, it's okay. And his face is like yeah. half melting off. And he's like, the chief can fix me later. There's a there's a story later on uh, once. Um, so this they debuted in uh, My Greatest Adventure, uh, 80. Right. Uh, at that time, it was just a serial book. A lot of books were like this um, throughout the history of comics where they would just run stories and then something would hit. And people would want more, and they would just become that. So, like Detective Comments, for instance, is just detective stories, also right. superhero crime fighter stories, mm-hmm. and then this Batman guy comes along, right? Or Action Comics number one. There you go. So anyway, after uh, I think with issue eighty six, it became the mm-hmm. Doom Patrol. Yeah, and yeah, um, so you got that sort of thing happening um, later on in a story somewhere farther down the line. I don't think um, we read it for this. I can't remember. Uh, Cliff has to take down this criminal and he goes to like this island and the guy's got all these like most dangerous game type traps set up. Great. But Cliff's on his own. He's, you know, he's being Cliff and he's trying to prove, you know, to the team that he can handle himself or whatever. Right. And so he goes out to take this guy down and over the course of the story, like his body gets torn apart until he's basically just a torso, like trying to take this guy down. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's kind of cool. Oh. Uh, so yeah, you got Cliff. Uh, then we got Larry Trainer. Yes, aka the Negative Man. Yes. What's the deal with Larry? Um. Well, he, I think he got hit with some, like, oh, I should, sort of radiation or yes, something like that. I should say, Arnold Drake for a guy who's worried about who created what. Yeah. You've got a uh, you've got a man who is now a monster, and he. His biggest flaw is that, like, he hates the fact that he is not human anymore. Right. Does he have blue eyes? Is he from Yancey Street? <laughs> is he yellow? Orange check. Got it. Right. Now we've got a guy who flies a uh, rocket into space. Yeah. And the unshielded, like, radiation, cosmic rays, if you will. Right. Cause him to mutate. Right. So how are we doing? Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he looks a lot like the Invisible Man most of the time, and then he'll call out Negative Man, which is this, um, I guess, being, this radioactive being who can be outside of his body for 60 seconds. Yeah, it's like a ghost. Yeah. He sends, like, a ghost out. And he can be, like, super fast, and, um, he can do all these fantastical things that, uh, you know, he can't normally do because he's radioactive energy um so like they you know need him to to like um take out a bomb or something like that then he'll like go and take care of that and then hopefully come back because the huge thing is like if negative man doesn't come back in 60 seconds then he can die yeah yeah it's 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 a weird thing yeah like these days, and it's thanks in part a lot to Kirby and uh, and Lee that we think of like the general superhero suite of powers, the flying brick, you know. And I know Superman was one, but just the idea that there's things that we can kind of wrap our heads around. I can't be hurt by bullets. Right. I shoot lasers out of my eyes. Right. You know, or I'm super strong. That's mm-hmm. a thing. I can fly. Yeah. These are like some really weird sort of powers. Yeah. Um, Cyborg is not that weird at this point. Right. Ooh, was he Japanese before this happened? Did we get to see his face? <laughs> I don't think so. Dumb. Uh, but yeah, like he makes a radio ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that flies out. Yeah. And then as a, you know, he's very heroic, but he basically faints on every adventure. I know. He's on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> while this, 
<laughs> like radio beam and is no, flying around. No villain is like, I will attack him while Negative Man is out. Yeah, nobody ever thinks of that. No. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, there's another uh, character called Johnny Thunder from DC um, from way back in the day. Back in the day, like in the golden age, you didn't have that. You know, Batman was a more of an adventurer than anything else. He was a sure. Doc Samson type character or, um, you know, the Man of Bronze or whatever who had a gun and he, he would murder you and he was very smart. And they just come out like the Spectre. The Spectre was a ghost from hell or from heaven who would punish criminals like the shadow. But instead of like the shadow would just shoot you with your 45 with his 45 or he would usually trick you into killing yourself somehow. Right. Um, the shadow would, or the specter would turn you into a human candle and then you would melt. He'd light you and you'd melt. Oh my God. You know, do something horrible like that. That's awful. Yeah. There's a lot of weird golden age sort of powers and characters. And so Johnny Thunder was like this kid that could summon like a, lightning bolt genie that would come out and fly around and do stuff and so huh. it kind of reminds me of that okay sure and haney i don't know he probably grew up you know reading comics or something like that and right. was trying to bring that back uh yeah so larry was like um you know this like sort of daring test pilot yeah um and also I wish you should mention that um his regular body uh has to be in these bandages yeah because his regular body is like radioactive as well. Right. And so he wears these specially treated bandages and that's why he's kind of the visible man type deal. Sure. And so, yeah, he's a guy who's, you know, they're all, I like all these characters because you've got the, and this is where you, you could give credit, I guess, to Lee to trying to change stuff because he'd already had a success with like, it's tough to be a spider boy. Right. But now he's like, these kids, they, they're different. You feel different. Right. When you're a kid. And also, it's a race metaphor, I guess. We'll tag that on. Right. Because he totally meant that. Right. Uh, but this is like, they're adults. Yeah. They're adults. They're not kids. They, if this hadn't happened to them, they would be living like successful, adventurous lives. They were right. already sort of heroes before right. this happened. And in fact, they see these abilities as holding them back from doing the things that they want to do. They picked sure. a career right. and were enjoying it. And this has like sort of ruined their lives. Right. And in a lot of ways, the chief gets them back out into the world, like gets yes. them doing stuff again. Right. Uh, that pick takes us to the third member of our uh, of our brigade yeah. or our patrol. Um, Rita Farr. Elastigirl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, um, gets exposed to this, like, toxic volcanic gas or something like that when she was, like, making a film. She was an actress. Um, and it... Ho, 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 ho. What? Flynn is an actress. Yeah? She was an Olympic gold medalist in okay. swimming. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Um... What? <laughs> what does sorry mean? <laughs> Come on. All right. You're right. Because we see her first and she, she swims over a waterfall. Yeah. This could easily. She's a. Basically, she's Johnny Weissmuller or whatever, right? She's mm -hmm. like a, she's like Tarzan. Yeah. Sure. And they could have easily made that another guy. I mean, I guess every team needs a girl, but they could have easily made that another guy. But she's like, you know, she's basically Tarzan, but like a girl. And she's sure. making like these jungle movies. And they're like, OK, we're going to do the crocodile scene. She's like, all right. Right. You're going to swim with crocodiles? She's like, nah, don't worry about it. Right. Like, she's a real adventurous. Yes. Very, not, she's not, not feminine, but she's very anti, um, opposite of what you would expect the girl to be. Like, go over to, across the street to Marvel and look what Sue Storm is up to. Right. She burned the, the muffins and she's crying. Right. Right. There's literally a panel where 
Mr. Fantastic turns to the camera and tells the fans to stop picking on Sue. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Try that with Rita. No, I don't think so. See what happens. Um, She'll so, put you up on top of something high yeah, and leave you there. Yeah. <laughs> so she can expand herself to be very large and she can shrink herself to be very small. Right. Um, Pre-Giant Man. Yeah. She reminds me of, of Ant-Man and Giant Man. Yeah, but she, she beat ant-man to the growing thing yes and there is actually a scene in one of the comics where there is an ant by a cube of sugar yeah and she's (laughs) trying to run away from it because it's kind of big because he's got a subpoena um (laughs) cease and desist right and she's like she's like super small and i think it was like larry was like blowing on it or something yeah that yeah yeah, so she's uh, got daring do, and um, she had to give up, or she felt she had. Nobody told her to, but she felt she had to give up her career as a as an actress. Yeah, she she felt kind of like a, you know a, like a, a freak. freak. Yeah, yeah, they all do. Yep. Yeah, and the chief um, shows them in their first adventure together that uh, against General Amortis that uh, they they can make a difference. Yes. Great story if it ends there. Yeah, but it keeps it going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, like, well, the, the team goes on, I think it's in like 72 or three, the book is, um, and this happened to the X-Men too, uh, the book kind of wanes in popularity Yeah, and they kill the characters, they kill the team off. Yeah. Um, they that? die heroically, mm-hmm. um, but they sacrifice themselves and then they bring them back, uh, in the eighties and I can't remember the guy's name who brings them back. Um. um. But it doesn't matter. Okay. But he, when he brought him back, he wanted to respect um, the original um, Drake stories. I think it was Paul Kupperberg. That's the guy. Yeah. Um, he wanted to respect those stories, and so he left him dead. Yes. And uh, at least for then. Yeah. And um, introduced a new character, uh, I think called Cypher, who was like the chief's wife that we didn't know about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they introduce uh, a bunch more characters, and that does okay. Uh, and then eventually Grant Morrison takes over and... Grant Morrison's it yes, all the way up to the top and yep. all the way down to the bottom. Yep. And this is uh, interesting because it's really one of the first Vertigo books. I think at the time that he was doing them, the, there was no Vertigo imprint. It hadn't started up yet. Okay. But he was already Grant Morrisoning it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, as soon as Vertigo did get up and running, they slapped the Vertigo uh, thing on, on the book. Okay. And it was more adult, you know, it featured, you know, profanity and, and that sort of stuff. Right. But it was, uh, he added a whole new list of characters. He added Danny the Street. That is a sentient street. I think he, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Crazy Jane. Uh, he brought uh, Larry back as the negative man. Okay. Uh, for a little while. And then, the, oh, I was forgot to mention that um, there was a negative woman for a while. So they yes. find out that the negative spirit is actually its, its own entity. Like it is a thing that possessed Larry. Okay. And now it possesses somebody else. And so we've got a negative woman. Okay. Um, and so for a while, Larry comes back, but then he ends up merging with another uh, character, a female character, and they become like this sort of androgynous, sort of intersex character okay. that is then possessed by the spirit. And it's called Rebus. And Rebus is like a mythological like idea of like a male slash female type thing. Okay. Um, they had a transgender character. Which is, I think, right. pretty much like one of the first transgender uh, characters in comics. 
Um, Cliff got a brand new body. He did survive everybody dying because he's brain. Cliff. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's Cliff. And he got a new body made by uh, Dr. Magnus. And so, they, yeah, they went on. And a lot of people, uh, I have not read all of those. I read a couple of them. But a lot of people consider that to be, you know, the prime Doom Patrol. I, with my love of Silver Age stuff, yeah, I think this is the prime Doom Patrol. Yeah. I love this series. Yeah. It's great. I haven't read the um, Gerard Way stuff. Sure. It's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. But fine. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah, I love this stuff because it's true that older comics can be cheesy and they can talk down to you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think this does. Mm -hmm. It's got that perfect blend of, you know, we have crazy powers, but this is all based in science. And a lot of times you'll have characters who like, ooh, I'm the supernatural so-and-so. But they're all based, they're science heroes. And Calder is a scientist. Yes. And so... They want to defeat the bad guy, but they also want to prove that supernatural isn't real. I mean, I know we're the DC universe, but right. like, you know, science will save the day. It has yes. the answers. And whenever they're doing things, it, we make fun of it in Doctor Who, like table salt, NACL. Right. But a lot of their things are like these scientific solutions. So it's like, well, how do we get the thing? And Cliff's like, my body's conductive. I'll grab onto the, right. you know, electrodes and hold them, you know, while... Rita does something else, you know, the thermal expansion or something. Right. I love Rita's so awesome. I love Rita so much. Yeah, she's pretty Elasta cool. Elasta woman. Yeah. Uh, in like the second issue, uh, she's fighting a Kraken with like a torpedo. Yes. <laughs> she's, uh, she's very much like an action character and yeah. she's saving like the guy's butts like yeah. more often than not. And whenever they go somewhere... She gets really big and then she carries both the guys in her hands. I like, know. how emasculating. I know, right? <laughs> she's doing it, yeah. Well, and then there was the one of the last adventures that we read for this. Um, she, um, the chief encourages her to go back to doing acting and to, to do this one role. And she doesn't really want to. And no, she doesn't want to do it. And the guys are like, well, she doesn't want to do it. She shouldn't do it. And he was like, well, but this could help Doom Patrol if she does it. Yeah. And so then she kind of acquiesces and was like, well, what right, she I'll doesn't do know it. is that he has set up this entire yes. Hollywood production. Apparently yes. <laughs> so they can draw this person out. Yeah. So they can like go into the center of the earth and like <laughs> get rid of these monsters that are down there that are like radioactive and i guess they didn't want her there because she could possibly die or something like that yeah but it's like you guys aren't invulnerable yourselves and right. and calder in particular you're you know what is your superpower is your brain there's a great uh, issue later where uh calder has to face this this you know guy has i think the, the doom patrol is just busy doing other stuff um, and so he's got to face this guy by himself. And then we find out he's got like this chair that's got all these like devices. Okay. You so know, it's he's got, like he's got missiles Swiss and it's got a robot chair. arm. Yeah. yeah. But like as the guy, he's fighting this guy, like they, it's like the cliff story I told you about. Like they get taken out one by one. So basically like, he has to like fall on the guy. <laughs> he has to like oh roll over gosh. the guy's feet or whatever to stop him. But yeah, like there's a real sense of danger. I mean, you know they're going to get out of it every time, but yeah. you don't know how. And so that's, you know, that's an exciting aspect of it. I don't know where they got a giant scuba mask for Rita to wear. But I don't know where they did either. <laughs> that's that's the real story yeah. here. But yeah, um, it's one of the other things I like about um, Rita is that 
you can do this thing that if you had a, and I'll sure they'll, I'm sure they'll do it in the show. CGI lets you have a giant lady, and we yeah. just accept stuff, and it's almost become boring, like the way that we can just do whatever right. with effects. But in a comic, basically, you're just one half of the panel is just you can just draw a woman, you know, right. holding a torpedo or whatever. Right. And then in another panel, you could draw a bunch of people on a boat. But in this panel, it's both things. So you've got a woman who just looks, you know, plain as day, you know, like a normal woman doing something. And then people in a tiny little boat like next to her. Right. And it really emphasizes that, like, it's so weird that she's doing this. Right. Like, the things that she's doing. Right. Um, yeah, I think... Um... I, I really like Rita, too, and she's, like, super pissed when she finds out that Calder, like, set her up for <laughs> yeah. the movie thing. And then she goes and she saves them. Yeah. So. And then she bakes him a cake. Yeah. No, she doesn't. No. <laughs> That's one of the things I really like about it. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think about um, the the way the team interacts? Um, I like it. I mean, I think that they're, they're pretty... Um, dependable upon each other um, they try to work with each other and play to each other's strengths um, for the most part um, that that one issue where Calder is like telling them different stories about his background yeah um, yeah that was great because yeah. I didn't I don't really know anything about the characters so no. it starts off in like he basically the, you know the issue promises the secret origin of yes. Miles Calder which we don't get. No, we don't. <laughs> we do get later on in this run. We do learn more about him and his connection to General Amortis. But um, yeah, and so he starts telling Rita his story and he's like, I'm an alien. Yes. <laughs> She's like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, I'm from another planet. Yep. But it turns out it's all, uh, he realizes that, or actually he's trying to, fi- it's that thing where like, if you think you have a leak in your organization, you spread misinformation and then yes. whatever you, comes back, you know that was the leak. Right. And so it turns out somebody's bugged Rita without her knowing and it's real aliens yes. <laughs> bugged her, yeah. Which so later on, like they hear um, the guy on the news comes on and he's like, "Turns out that uh, Doctor Calder is an alien." Right. And Cliff's like, "Well, you told me that you were trained by mountain ninjas." Right. <laughs> and Larry's like, "You said that you were like a science experiment or something like that." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh well, I guess Rita's the one." Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the aliens come and like they, like want to let him in on their plan supposedly and that but then they right yeah because the, yeah, they're like hey game recognized game right <laughs> but then they double cross him and he's like oh i knew they double cross me yeah right <laughs> yeah um that's that's really cool uh, you know i i love the way that um that their you know powers are have all these strengths but um they also have you know weaknesses and in the grand tradition of like i always call it uh, Claremont uh, storytelling because he did it so well in the X-Men but you know he didn't invent it he just kind of perfected it mm-hmm. but the idea that what well, the things they can do don't take over the story Superman <laughs> Silver Age Superman that's all this was it would be um, oh no um, Lois's legs are crushed by a boulder and so we have to spend 12 issues of her you know inconveniencing Superman right. uh, as he tries to save the world but Lois is going to like roll down a flight of stairs so he's got to oh, go back and catch her and oh then finally gosh. he just goes well I can take care of this somehow I will read all these surgical books at super speed now I am the greatest surgeon in the world right. and he fixes her legs and she's back to normal and it's like right. 
That's uh, not good storytelling. <laughs> but like when Chris Claremont has like, okay, I've got five people. I've got a lady who can steal people's powers when she kisses them. I've got a guy made of metal. I've got a guy that shoots, uh, you know, solar radioactive rays or whatever. I've got a lady that has magnets. And they're up against a super fat guy that can't be moved, a lady that can look like anybody, a woman who can see the future, and right. a guy who uh, can control Earth or something. How do I tell a story that is like sparring, only it's using all these powers? And so right. it's a rock versus scissors. You know, here comes the paper. Yes. And yet at the same time, we'll all yell out things that, you know, will forward the story or, or whatever. Right. And it's like they do that without them even really facing a lot of supervillains. Um, yeah. As the um, story goes on, and I read like 20 of these. I know you read like the first six, so I'm not yeah. sure what you saw and what you didn't. But. Um, they do get their own sort of rogues gallery. They go up against um, um, the, the master brain, who is a brain in a jar. And if you think okay. that has anything to do with Cliff, we'll find out. All know? right. And Monsieur Mala, who is a genius level gorilla. Okay, <laughs> He's sure. Just a gorilla with All a right. 156 IQ. Okay. And then there's Madame Rouge, who is introduced as also a, um, uh, you know, a, an, an opposite side of. Um, in the way that Rita is very different from females or most females in comics at this time, uh-huh. which is totally capable and it's just one of the boys, right. so to speak. Uh, Madame Rouge is kind of the same thing. Like she starts off as this like master thief and then she basically hooks up with the brain and he gives her superpowers and her superpowers okay. are stretchy powers. So she can stretch like Mr. Fantastic. Okay. She can think she can kind of grow i'm not sure she impersonates uh rita at one point okay um but she can change her face too okay so she's like clay face in that way like she can you know disguise herself sure and she's also like just happens to be a woman you know and this is the the brotherhood of evil basically um, go after and try to destroy the doom patrol okay and so yeah it's neat like they have to sort of counter those bad guys with their own abilities um did you get to see Animal Mineral Vegetable Man at all? No, I don't think I did. That's coming up. Okay. There's a character who is, uh, we find out he was a protege of Calder's, and he is working on this, like, serum that will, like, um, create or, you know, change life, and he falls into the vat, you know, as you do. Wow. Railings, everybody. And he basically becomes Animal Mineral Vegetable Man, uh, who can do anything he can become anything he can be a flock of birds or like hydrochloric acid you know or he can wow. become diamond or whatever and so they have to like find a way to stop him when he so comes he's, around he's kind of like odo he can just transform <laughs> into anything wrong show but yeah <laughs> um yeah did you have a favorite uh part or character or moment or, or whatever um i liked elastigirl a lot um I woman. Was woman last a woman excuse me i thought she was um uh, pretty cool. What? Um, why? Why a skirt? Why a skirt? For all the progressiveness. Because Maybe she's just, a lady. Maybe just put so, the pants on. I know. Maybe just put the pants on. Yeah. Put I will now nice grow fifty feet tall, which means my hemline will be somewhere around the third story, and, and everybody's getting a peek. See, you know, you're right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They didn't think about that. That's the pants. Yeah. Or she could fight in like a battle dress. Ankle length. Like battle armor. <laughs> How do her clothes grow? I guess anything that's on her when she's regular size will grow or shrink. Yeah. One of the Maybe things... that's how they got the 
scuba tank mask. One well, I guess they don't really say that explicitly though. I don't think because she doesn't like shrink anybody else. It's not like she no. can grab Larry and make him small. Now no. later, uh, with the character spoiler alert, does come back not dead. Um, we'll be able to do that later. Okay. Which just seems like a gimme. Like yeah, you know, was it Mark Wade added the Flash can make anybody else run fast too. Yeah. Which I guess if you got a speed force, all right. But if you're unique, yeah. you should be unique. Right. Like exactly. Superman doesn't make anybody else invulnerable. He's no. Superman. Right. So that's fine. But I that said, though I like how um Drake keeps consistency to the character's powers. And as this goes on, they develop, but they develop in like ways that make sense and follow and don't overly change the dynamic. So sure. like later on, um Larry we learn more about what neg- negative man can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And he's able to like exploit, like he's made of radio waves. Right. How it picks up stuff. I don't know. Right. Doesn't matter. So he's able to do things like the, um, <laughs> they go underground again mm-hmm. uh, and they're all sealed in this thing. And like rock monsters are fighting the outside and they can't get out. And so negative man figures out that he can go through um, the antenna he can basically go in the radio and then broadcast himself out of the end the radio antenna of the thing okay so now he's out you know in this thing but turns out that because they're deep below earth there's a lot of radioactive material and that radiation interferes with his radio waves so of he has course. to come right back oh my gosh and i love things like that because it's the opposite of oh superman just becomes a surgeon like it right powers don't fix everything powers complicate things a lot of the time right in that same situation rita learns that she can grow they never make her a mr fantastic that's what i like about her yeah she can't just stretch right um she learns that she can make parts of herself bigger or smaller and so they need to get cliff is out and you know fighting these creatures and they need to get him back and they don't know how they're going to do it and rita opens the door just a little bit because it's like 2000 degrees out right she's able to like just grow her like arm out so her big arm comes out and like grabs cliff and like brings him back okay yeah that's fun it's like Keep rules and a plausibility within your fantastical world. Right. And people are going to like it a lot more. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? Well, Rita. Rita? Yeah. Okay. I think my favorite moment or issue is I kind of liked the issue where they lose control of Negative Man. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of liked that because it's like. He might. He's probably the most. Uh, yeah, sixty seconds. But it can. Tra- he can travel at the speed of light, I and know. they play off that a lot. Yeah. And you can get a lot done in sixty seconds if you can move at the speed of light. Yes, you can. And you're invulnerable. And energy, you can pass through stuff, but you can also punch things too. I know. He could basically just solve all these problems. Like, oh no, General Lamar. Oh no, you broke his neck. Okay, we're right. we're done. Right. Uh, but I like the thing where it's like he starts taking off and they're like, oh crap, what, what do we do? Yeah. How do we if get him back? If he just flies out into space. Yeah. How do we get him back here in 60 seconds? Right. Like I like that time limit, you know, it's a, it's a good weakness. Right. And it's then, way better than our man. Oh no, my potion's going to run out in an hour. Well, don't, don't you mean it's just going to run out whenever we decide? Right. It's convenient, it's convenient for it to run out. Yeah. yeah. But this is like, you see negative man leave and we can fudge the time, but in in a number of panels that you can count on your fingers and toes, yeah. he's going to have to come back. Right. And and when he doesn't come back, it's a big problem. And then there are these petty uh, crooks who are like, oh, well. This is a great idea. Yeah. Let's just follow a negative <laughs> man around and then we can like steal, like we can hold up banks and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. 
and then they have to stop those guys too so yeah um yeah so it's got a lot of stuff it's got you know it's got a metal guy who often solves problems uh scientifically even though he's not the quote-unquote smart guy right it's got a lady powerhouse Mm -hmm. which is awesome uh it's mysterious you know leader i mean i guess that's pretty right normal but still something good to go from i also like the fact that it isn't immediately like (laughs) <laughs> even even Stanley and came from romance comics, but right. was guilty of this. Like, how do I tell Jean that I love her? Well, first of all, Baldy, uh, you're her professor, so yeah. that seems weird. Right. There isn't really any of that, like with the chief. Like no. he's just the chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Larry and uh, and uh, Cliff are fond of Rita, and you know if she wanted to go on a date, I think they'd say yes. But it's not like they spend the entire mission going like, "No, oh, I gotta get in this girl's pants." No, or they in don't. this in this skirt. No. And in fact, there's even one issue where she goes out with some other guy. You, you read this one, right? <laughs> I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Well, later on, they meet a guy named Mento who joins the team. Okay. He's the fresh maker, <laughs> and he's like this. I don't know if they're doing a thing or if it's just a comic book thing, but he's like a super rich playboy who decides to become a superhero and he builds himself like a helmet that gives himself uh, telekinetic powers. Okay. And he basically like did it to like, you know, yeah, I do it to fight crime, but really I did it to meet you, sweet cheeks. Whoa. And instead of, you know, her, and I want to go on a date, instead of her immediately being like, oh, let's go on a date, he's like, she's kind of like, ugh, this guy's gross. And he he does the thing where he doesn't stop, and eventually she's like, fine, I'll go on a date with you. Because he just won't stop pounding her? Yeah, keep it up, guys. Oh, great. But even on the date, it's not like she's totally charmed by him. And then, of course, they get attacked by criminals, because of course they do. Of course they do. And Mento kind of screws it up a little bit. And she has to sort of like, you know, he gets kidnapped, or she gets kidnapped. And by the time it's over, Mento's like not... Hang, he does join the team later, but he's not really hanging out with them. Okay. And Cliff's like, what happened to Mento? And she's like, you, you don't want to know. <laughs> like, it's just a real... Gene, I feel like Gene would go on for six issues about this guy. And like, but I, but I like Scott. Oh, right. but ain't, you know, Warren is so dreamy. Right. And Rita's like, done. Over that. <laughs> Forget it. They're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Less drama in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And they bicker because, you know, they're all forceful personalities. And yeah. so Larry will <laughs> very, <laughs> Larry's an asshole because <laughs> he picks on Cliff a lot about not having a body. And Cliff's like, what am I supposed to do? I don't have a body. <laughs> don't, be a, don't have to be an asshole about it. I know. But Cliff's mad because, you know, like I said, they're not really horndogging it, but. Larry could date Rita, but Cliff's like, would she even like date me? Because I'm just a robot. Right. Yeah. Probably it's soap not. opera. Yeah, I know. It's the best parts of soap opera. <laughs> um, would you recommend this? Yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a fun read. Um, it's, you know, you get some DC history and mm-hmm. um, you get to see what was going on in the Silver Age and... Um, you know, it's kind of X Men-y, but it's its own thing for sure. And your options are limited mm-hmm. because, like, there's not a lot of Doom Patrol out there. That's true. And I think, for the most part, all the Doom Patrol there is is distinctive. Like mm-hmm. this is you know, my favorite, but it's very distinctive. Um, being X Men-y, as you said, mm-hmm. or Woman-y, right? Um, the Grant Morrison stuff is the Grant Morrison stuff, and you know if you like Grant Morrison or not, right? Uh, the John Byrne stuff is just kind of 
eh, okay. Okay. You know, John Burns never awful, but he's not always super great. To the degree where when they brought them back um, after that, they basically just said, yeah, the John Burns stuff didn't happen. I okay. just kind of retconned that out. Wow. And I haven't read the new stuff, but it's Young Animal, so right. you know whether you like Vertigo Light or not. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we'll have to uh, do Umbrella Academy pretty soon. Yeah, that would be good. So, yeah, um, if you're going to check this out, there is a trade out called Doom Patrol The Silver Age. Um, they did, I think, a series of trades uh, with uh, Doom Patrol stuff. It's the first volume. And it covers, like, I don't know, the first, like, you know, 20 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe more. It's like twenty twenty five uh, issues of um, Doom bit. Patrol. Yeah, yeah, in the um, in the Silver Age uh, with um, uh, Haney doing the art, you know, and Drake and Drake writing it. Yep. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Doom Patrol, as we've seen, will be uh, on the Titans uh, before they get their own yes. show. Yes. Um, I was immediately hugely dismayed by the short clip that i saw i i was too they they made elasto a woman like her face was like all weird yeah they don't do that in the comics no she doesn't at stretch all. she's not stretchy no now, so why are like you i said doing i haven't that? read everything up till today in 2018 so i don't know what they do with her powers later but like that's not a thing no and also here's what i hate about it we know that this is dark I don't know if this is a different right. universe, but they've decided it's all dark. Yeah. So I guess if you're going dark, maybe you're staying true to your, you know, show Bible or just your design idea. Right. But Doom Patrol's not dark. They're weird. Yeah. And they all are tragic in that great, you know, 60s Spider-Man kind of way, like, if I could only, you know, type thing. Right. But they're not victims. And, like, Rita's can't even eat, and she's clearly, like you know ashamed of herself and stuff like that that's not rita no at all it was like really weird yeah they do i noticed they tried to kind of split the difference by they have the original three guys yeah and of course i think they're gonna just sort of because beast boy was introduced in like the very last like story of the original doom patrol yeah but they're gonna just you know use that as their connection like hey gar knows these guys that live in a weird mansion right but it's like, yeah, they're just clearly decided spooky, ghost, uh, spooky, uh, guy that looks like Invisible Man. Right. That's a, just a side thing. That's not like a designing, that's not like a pillar of his characterization. No. They do give him the, the Claude Rain sunglasses in later incarnations of the character, and they've sure. used that here. And then, of yeah. course, he's got the Grant Morrison body, uh, Cliff does. Yeah. Because you couldn't just have a naked guy with a TV camera on his chest. I don't think they would have done that. No. Oh, and I want to, they're eating... Spaghetti with onion rings and gravy on it. Oh, they're so weird. They're the Doom Patrol. They're so I weird. Know. I know. <sighs> it was it was weird. Like gross. he called her walking around two yeah. legs. I know. Um, Dumb. No, just no. Real bad. Yeah. Now this isn't their show. I hope their show I don't know is actually where they go good. with it. Yeah. But yeah, not. Not great. No. I, I think that as weird as they are, I like how normal they act. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all it's all embodied in Cliff. Mm-hmm. He's just a total or or the thing if you want to go across the street. Right. It's a totally normal guy who likes ball games and, and stogies or whatever. Right. And yet he's like this weird, strange Automaton. thing. Yeah. yeah. Later on, they do one of those. It's the kind of thing that you do or that you think about if you're 
uh, characters have been going for a year or so. Um, called her like shows Cliff his schematic because I don't think Cliff even knows like all the things in his body. Sure. And so the artist was like, I guess we should like say what Cliff can do. So you see like an x-ray cutaway of all the you know things that cliff has in his body and like devices and stuff like that you know like that's the kind of like thing that's cool and cliff is just like all right great (laughs) (laughs) not like oh so strange that i have photo photovoltaic sensors instead of eyes right cliff's just like all right fine (laughs) it's all gonna melt off next issue anyway Mm -hmm. yeah and color will have to replace it yeah just like how kind of cool they become with how weird they are yeah not like, oh, I can't eat spaghetti and no. onion rings. I know, right? You know what it reminded me of? What? Nothing But Trouble. What's Nothing But Trouble? It's a Dan Aykroyd movie where a guy mm. with a penis for a nose mm. has a hot dog train. Now, I want a hot dog train. Don't get me wrong. But clearly, they went quirky. What do we got? Quirky, quirky. What's quirky? Um, he likes hot dogs. Oh, uh, maybe a train brings the mustard in. And then he like, right? Okay. It's just like... There's sweat all over everything. And when we open in that little scene we see, and it's like, we got hamburgers. We got corn on the cob. We got all this stuff. I know. And it's like, Rita's the only one that eats. (laughs) Right? Does Larry eat? I don't know that he does. They showed him, like, sipping He's a glowing skeleton. Yeah, (laughs) I know. know, Does he have to eat? I know. So what is all this food for? It's quirky. It's quirky. I, I know. Doom Patrol, not quirky. No. We can do quirky. Yeah. Who's quirky? Um, X Factor's quirky. Well, I mean, the Titans are kind of quirky. No, nah, the Titans are just, just, mm, mm, just, just walking it. sex hormones. Okay, they just want to pound it out. All right, right. Wow. <laughs> um, Am I going to jail? <laughs> Is that what's happening? <laughs> I'm trying to think of who's quirky. Pushing Daisies is quirky. Well, he's a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> Pushing Daisies is quirky. Miss um, Marvel's quirky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would see that. Yeah. Yeah. Doom Patrol's not quirky. No. They're just trying to do their jobs. Yeah. They're adults. They're they have just jobs. trying to live their lives. Yes. Yeah. Not eat ice cream and corn on the cob at the same time. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> we totally recommend this. Yes. And you should absolutely check it out. And I'll leave a link uh, to order the trade paperback. Uh, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that out on Amazon and uh, check it out, Doom Patrol. Which of their powers would you want? Mm, I don't think I'd want Larry's power because it just would leave you vulnerable for 60 seconds at a time. Um, I don't know. Being metal, might I might be okay. I think I probably would like Rhea's powers the most. Yeah. Um, with pants. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think getting really big or really small could be kind of interesting. You know, seeing the world from a different perspective um, and being able to control that. I mean, I think she has a pretty good handle on it. Yeah, until she part. eats spaghetti. Yeah. Ugh. With gravy. I know. <sighs> and onion rings. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. Me too. Um, I got more of those issues if you, if you want to read them. Okay. Keep going. 
Uh, we'll be talking about something else next week. Uh, not quite sure what it is just yet, but if you want to know ahead of time, and if we want to actually do it, uh, we can tweet it out on our Twitter and our Facebook uh, at Just Enough Trope on both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, being more active on Twitter recently. It's Getting good. out there. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. Managing brands. Yeah. And you come up with a tweet and you're like, is this a, which, uh, which brand, which person this is this? Which on? mask do I have on? Oh, which member of the Doom Patrol am I? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, though, we have, something we've totally figured out is merchandise. We've got T-shirts. T-shirts featuring a lot of the great work that Andrew Blakebro has done for us yes. uh, as being sort of the unofficial show artist. Yeah. Uh, we've got T-shirts and apparel and also items available on our Public store, which you can search for Just Enough Trope on Public to find it or yes. go to Just Enough Trope. Or sorry, uh, tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Just Enough Trope. Mm-hmm. Just put up uh, T-shirts featuring all of the posters that we've used uh, for Convergence yes. in the past. Yes. Uh, some great stuff there. So check all of that out, won't you? Uh, also, follow us on the old iTunes, mm-hmm. the old Apple Podcasts, the old Google Podcasts, and the other places. Subscribe to the show there. It's the best way to find the show. Uh, it comes right to you as soon as yep. it's ready. No nonsense. And give us a review while you're there. We'd appreciate it because we want to hear how you think we're doing and the kind of things that you want us to cover next. And also give us a rating. This is probably the most important part because when you give us a high rating, we move up in the ranks mm-hmm. and we get more exposed to people. I was browsing iTunes the other day and I have no idea how any of it works. I know that this is probably some payola, some potola changing hands at some point, right? Right. To keep uh, things up on that list. Um, part of the banner art, like when you come in, it's not just a square. It's like, oh my God, Mark Marin is looking right at me. Right. That's how that works. But there's always categories that are like, here's what's hot. This was downloaded. This is this is hot. This is moving up fast. And so we want to be there and we need your reviews to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So spare a moment and go review us. And of course, as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. And to that end, I say give us five origin stories that are lies. <laughs> Complete lies. We had mutant waste put on us in a sewer. Uh, bring <laughs> back that Mountain Ninjas one. I like that. Yeah. Uh, we came from the center of the earth. Yes. Uh, we came from another dimension mm. and killed the one of us that was here already and replaced them. <laughs> and we were a Wolverine that was turned into a human. <laughs> if you want any of those origin stories... Uh, we'll do that one. And then, like, they're not really even, like, all that mad. <laughs> no, that <laughs> he lied I think they get real him? mad that he lied. Yeah. But they're just kind of like, yeah, he is a mystery. Guess we'll never know. I know. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we do next, boss? Right. Got a bomb for us to fly it, somewhere? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have to all be a little bit... Uh, yeah, later incarnations sort of get into like, oh, is he manipulating these people? Kind of seems like he is. Right. Where's right. Where's the doom inherent in this? <laughs> uh, that'll come later. Uh, but we don't want any doom, so just give us five stars. We yeah. appreciate that. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week talking about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. All right. I have